You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 173 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have another great episode for all of you folks. We have a guest that I met at BroadwayCon, and uh, now she's coming on the podcast, and she's going to talk to us about Fan of the Opera. And talking about the opera world and musical theater, how it correlates, uh, we have some very uh, interesting conversations. I'm really excited for you all to listen to it. And of course, you know, we had Sarah Essie on uh, after they announced the uh, closing of Phantom of the Opera, but the show hadn't closed quite yet. So it was really interesting talking about that final performance, you know, that final performance where it was going viral all over social media and then and through the news and all these things where they were literally like the audience just wouldn't leave the theater and uh the cast members literally were able to get changed and people are still there and they were uh like singing for them like still uh in their like street clothes because the audience just refused to leave so it was a wild time uh and our wonderful guest this week raquel suarez growin uh talks to us through all about it and now she's honestly she's also doing something really cool where she's keeping phantom's legacy alive through jewelry so you can literally wear a piece of broadway's most historic musical uh and other musicals she has um right on like you can keep it with you like throughout your entire day it's awesome uh and i just find it also interesting and that's how we met so anyways long story short we have a really fun time on this episode today so y'all are really gonna love it but before we turn it over to that we got to talk about some Broadway news because, you know, that's just what we do here at Take About. Um, first off, I want to talk about some shows that I saw, some shows that I actually fell in love with. I was blessed to see two shows on a Saturday. I saw El Mego Pop, which, y'all, that show is unbelievable. Like, I was blown away. Uh, just absolutely loved it everything about it did not want to leave could have watched uh antonio diaz who uh is the magician uh, uh the i guess his like magician name is el mago pop so um that's obviously why the show is called Omega pop but he is unbelievable it's on broadway literally for 10 days for all of 10 days uh but now it's you only have till sunday to see it so uh we were actually able to attend the opening night as well so those are fun videos that's going to come out very soon on youtube um he does a card trick on me right at the red carpet so uh it was kind of awesome this guy's unbelievable and it was the best 70 minutes of my life literally you're in and out of the theater what more could you ask for uh you're entertained the entire time um and it's just a, a really good time like for anyone like i don't know like i never really thought about it but i guess i'd never gone to like a magic show and like i don't know when you say that it's kind of like oh like a magic show like oh i don't know like a little school talent show but like this is like this is just nuts next level stuff y'all are gonna fall in love highly recommend it and then uh so that's where i started my day and then at night i was able to see here lies love Y'all, Here Lies Love is unreal. Talking all about the, you know, kind of the politics uh, in the Philippines um, and everything going on. Like, it's crazy how just the government all over and just politics in general are just so, you know, 
shitty <laughs> for lack of a better term um just so they're just it's kind of uh a mess everywhere and you know not everyone's gonna love everyone in power um and you have people that you root for and it doesn't always pan out and it's just like it's just wild and how relatable it is to to the politics over here especially um in the past uh, presidency and, and the past few years here in America of how politics has kind of divided our world a bit. Um, and it's kind of just crazy to, to see a show of that and, and to see a show full of these wonderful um, performers who all come from Philippine descent and um, it's just something that you don't see on Broadway, and it's something really special. Um, I wasn't able to, well, I wasn't invited to this opening night, um, so I didn't get to see it earlier, but uh, thrilled that I did. I was able to see it now, and I, I do hope that, like, you know, sometime soon we can get some sort of content with that show because I, I just loved it, and the music's great, and, and the way that they've just restructured that entire theater is brilliant um it really is it's really beautiful um and then of course like they just keep you like in it you know like you just fall in love <laughs> with with the show and the second it starts to like you're kind of like oh like where is this going or whatever they just pull you right back in and they make you stand up and they like kind of let you take a dance break and and it kind of wake, wakes you back up and, and you're just like oh yeah i'm ready to go like this is a party it's just it's really really neat um especially if you're on the floor you know you're standing the whole time in the orchestra and you got to move around with the set it's just wild it's an unbelievable experience and it's something that you should definitely experience um you know once so uh yeah anyways that that was that's my those are the shows that I've seen. Um, I, I had a blast seeing seeing shows this week, and then hopefully uh, this weekend. Actually, I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing the immersive, immersive uh, Great Gatsby, uh, which I'm very excited about happening over like Central Park area. Uh, not the Great Gatsby that's about to be at Paper Mill, although I really want to see that. Uh, this one's at Central Park. Uh, can't wait for it. So I'll have a review for that uh, next week. And hopefully I will also be seeing uh, Goodnight Oscar as well, because that closes on Sunday. So congrats to uh, both El Mago Pop for an incredible run. Uh, and of course, the whole company and cast of Good night, Oscar, which closes this Sunday as well. So I hope to. I don't really. I really, really, really don't want to miss Good night, Oscar. So I'm going to try to make it uh, before it closes on Sunday. Um, all right, moving on uh, into the real news here. Uh, once upon a one more time, it announced its closing September third. This is heartbreaking. I mean, this is something that um, I think was inevitable and that people saw, especially like. For those of you like who are actually like interested in like what shows close and what shows don't and like all of that, like it's really interesting looking at uh, the weekly Broadway grosses that come out. Um, both like Playbill, Broadway World, they'll all post it, and uh, it's a really telling sign of like what Broadway shows are like gonna, you know open or close or if they're going to stay open or if they're going to close soon um according to those grosses you know there's one show that's going to close very soon here um hopefully it doesn't but if it keeps the trajectory they're changing their schedule around i'll, I'll say it it's beautiful noise um i mean the the numbers are out there it's just selling at just over 50 percent capacity and it's a show that i love um and it's a show that I've had a few uh, cast members on. So uh, I really do hope that it continues to succeed and find its success. Uh, but they're actually changing to more matinees because they notice that their audience is a bit older and they sell better for the matinee because like eight o'clock performances are simply too late for this older generation. Um, so I hope it works out and I appreciate them like, you know, taking the opportunity to kind of take the risk and, and, and do the study. Um, 
even if it means you know losing losing money you know uh, because shows like once upon a one more time like this two-week notice nonsense has to stop here on broadway i mean these guys got two weeks notice uh that they're out of a job um and, and that's usually like i guess in the corporate world that's like you know that's pretty standard but um in broadway and in, in our industry it's it's kind of hard to find a job in two weeks. So, uh, but shout out to all of them. You know, I loved the show. I hope to see it before it closes again. I don't think I will be able to. Um, but who knows? Maybe I have a couple weeks. I have two weeks. So um, I'll try to get there. I want to see Celicia and Nathan Levy um, back in the show again. Um, so that would be great. And hopefully you all enjoy it. Honestly, like the people I talked to actually had a good time at the show. It's just like could not find its audience, you know? Um and there's a lot of shows like that right now on Broadway, unfortunately, like the Anne Juliet's of the world, the sixes of the world, um, and all of that. So it's just, it was a tricky time for Once Upon a One More Time. And um, for those of you who are interested in this little tidbit, it's really hard for a show to succeed in the Marriott Marquis Theater. If you look at its history, there haven't been many shows that it's have that have succeeded. A lot of it is because of how the capacity of the theater it's one of the biggest houses on broadway and that's partially because it's one of the newer theaters um but because it's a big house um you know it's it's hard harder to sell those tickets because in in a theater where it's like a thousand seats you know that's pretty easy to to keep the tickets in demand um especially like a show like hamilton or sweeney todd like the lump fontaine uh, or dear Evan hansen for for um example you know the music box holds i can't imagine more than 1100 people uh i obviously performed there in pippin and, and it was just easier to run you know it's a smaller theater so you don't have to spend as much money in in the production and all of that uh and then of course uh you know you you can if you're selling out well then it it looks good like it, it looks like it's a hit you know so when the show isn't selling and well and there's all these tickets available then people go online and they're like oh well if it's not selling it may not be that good and they'll look at a new you know a new uh show so um that's kind of that's a thing like beetlejuice didn't have a great afterlife you know margaritaville all of these shows like on your feet had a good run but it's just it's hard for a show to succeed there but uh anyways my heart goes out to all of those uh you know the company and cast of once upon a one more time because um you know it's a great cast and it's a they really did work their booties off for the past few weeks uh it's been a it was a hard show as we learned uh in our episode with the cast um and uh they've just gone through it so um Shout out to all of them on a, a great and unforgettable, in many senses, uh, run over there at the Marriott Marquis Theater once upon a one more time. Go see it before September 3rd. Um, speaking of Here Lies Love, I obviously saw it as I gave my review. Uh, Leah Salonga played her final performance in Here Lies Love uh, this past Saturday. So I didn't get to see her as... Um, you know, as in the show. So I was super bummed. Her last show was Saturday matinee and I went Saturday night, you know, shocker. That's how things turn out here. Um, I'm very, uh, upset about that, but it's okay. Uh, she's obviously staying on as one of the producers. So she's going to be very involved and I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back to the show at some point. Um, but for now, Vina Morales will be coming in from September 22nd through October 22nd. So a one month stint, um, to, to be playing the role. So, uh, that's very exciting. And uh, shout out to Vina uh, for, for coming in. I'm excited to, to see how that goes. Um, all right, moving on. The last piece of news I'll leave you all with. The Outsiders will begin performances on Broadway starting March 16th of 2024. And uh, it's going to be opening on April 11th at the Bernard Jacobs Theater. So Parade is no longer around and the outsiders were swooping right in um not wasting any time on getting their theater uh with parades closing uh shout out to them obviously like angelina jolie was the final piece there for for getting the show to broadway but uh good for them and i can't wait to see the show the music in this show man is just 
people are going to fall in love. So I can't wait to to see the show and see it on Broadway. And hopefully, I don't know, we'll be a part of it. But uh, wishful thinking. Anyways, moving on. Oh, that's all I have for you folks this week. Uh, that's all the news I have. Uh, with that being said, I'm just going to turn it over to Raquel. Um, I've spoken enough here. Uh, and I'll turn it over to our fabulous guest about all things, uh, you know, Phantom of the Opera, really. Without further ado... Raquel Suarez growing curtain up. This week's guest is known for the role of with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Carlotta in The Phantom of the Opera, where she performed over a thousand performances in five years with the company. Insane. Nowadays, she is keeping Phantom's legacy alive by creating jewelry made out of the costume pieces, set pieces, sheet music. I mean, you name it. All from the Broadway production of Phantom, which is the coolest thing ever. Her shop is called These Blings Do Happen. And I'm literally obsessed. So welcome to Take a Vow, Raquel Suarez Groen. Hi. Hi, Eli. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so exciting. I love everything that's happening. Oh, um, well, I'm so glad. I mean, thank God. It's actually, you know, become <laughs> more fun than I could have ever imagined, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, so we met at BroadwayCon, um, and I saw your booth that you had there. I was like, oh my God, these pieces of jewelry are so beautiful and so festive. And then you were like, they're all made from the family opera production. I was like, what? The coolest thing. So how did this whole thing start for you? Like how did, what made you want to start making jewelry? You know, um, to be honest, I think it was something that kind of fell into my lap in a weird way. So when the show closed a couple of weeks before the warehouse was giving away pieces of fabric uh-huh. and Oddly enough, I didn't go to the fabrics, like whatever, because I was like, well, I don't sew, I don't do any, like, like I'm not crafty, like I am, but right. I'm not, like, you know, I think of fabric as being for more, like, the people who worked in wardrobe, and because, like, my dresser, Rory, who you met, like, she makes the most gorgeous costumes, and I'm like, I can't do that, so <laughs> I was like, I don't need any fabric, what am I going to do with it, so... Um, it was a two show day. I came back that night and Rory had actually grabbed me some Carlotta fabric. And she was like, listen, like this may just be fun for you to have, you know, it could be something that like, you know, I don't know, like you put in a shadow box or whatever. So yeah, a couple of weeks later, she was actually selling like pieces of fabric in little vials and Trista Moldovan, who was my cover for Carlotta was also making these beautiful cards with fabric. And I was like, you know what? Like people are asking me if they can have a piece of the show but like, I don't want to do what they're doing. Like, what could I do where they have something that they could have all the time and where, you know? And so I got the idea of jewelry and saw that you could buy these beautiful like bezels and put fabric in it and put glass over top. And it was just like this beautiful um, way to carry the show with you. And later I even got crystals from the chandelier um which i still have mm. those are so popular so it's like you get some like wear a piece of history <laughs> around your neck you know and i was like yeah. i want to wear this and so i kind of put it out there for the fans and was like is anybody interested i was like maybe even like if five people are interested that would be cool um right. and then it just kind of like went crazy and people were like 
buying rings and necklaces and, you know, bracelets and all sorts of different things. Um, people yeah. were like, you know, there's some people who were like, I don't wear jewelry. So somebody asked for me to make a magnet or somebody else asked for me to uh. like frame a piece of the fabric, you know? So I'm now making bow ties. It's kind of fun. Yes. It's like an infinite amount of possibilities when it comes to what you can make with jewelry. So jewelry. it's been really cool. And now I'm also um, kind of expanding into other shows as well. Like I've got some Wicked stuff. I have the original Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah. So I'm making things with that. I have um, some things from Aunt Juliet. And, and so it's like, you know, I'm hoping at one point it's going to kind of be this, this array of different shows. Right. So, yeah. No, it's the coolest. Do you, I feel like though, like, so I have like set pieces or like costume pieces or whatever from like shows that I've done, but I've, I was like, I feel like it'd be so hard to like give those away. Do you ever get those moments? Yeah. I mean, you know, I definitely kept some things for myself, you know, and okay. the things that I really want to keep, I made like a beautiful shadow box with our final program. One of the brushes Cute. I used to use to put on my like Hannibal makeup um, and things like that. I did keep some fabric for myself in a sense, like with, you know, the jewelry, um, but at some point, you know, the rest of it kind of sits in a drawer and it's like, mm. I can hold on to it, but why not share that joy with so many people? Because Phantom goes so far beyond the show, you know, people yeah. have really like a huge sentimental value um, to that production. And so it was, it's like really cool. And people write to me and they're like, oh my God, I saw you in the production when it closed. And this yeah. was, you know, the show that got me into singing. And I mean, it's just like another way, I think, to connect with fans Right. um on a different level and for them to have something tangible to take with them you know with this yeah a really sad time of the show closing totally well, yeah. well let's talk about phantom then some more because i mean literally the most historic show on broadway you know that that will probably ever be on broadway like for real uh and you got yeah. to be a part of that and you got to close it so what what does it mean to you just to like be a part of uh, such a special show, especially with your background in opera? You know, I think that sometimes it's still not complete. Like, it still doesn't feel like it really happened. Like, it's, like, so crazy to me that yeah. it's like, wait, did I really do that? Um, <laughs> it's such an honor, you know? And it's, like, it's one of those things that I think, um, I mean, it's just the great part is nobody can ever take it away from me, you know, right. which is amazing. Um being a part of that final show was unbelievable. Our second to last show that, in fact, our last show for the audience, I mean, people didn't leave, you know, it was like yeah. in the audience for 30, 40, 50 minutes. We were all like ready to go and leaving and we'd get on stage right. and people would start clapping. And um, I think in that moment, I was like, oh my God, this show is much more than just a musical. Right. You know, the show is much more than like a big production. The show like means a lot to a lot of different people. Right. Um, so it kind of, you know, put everything into perspective, but it still doesn't totally feel real. You know, it's like, wait, did that happen? Was I part totally. of the last show? You know, and then of course, like Judy <laughs> Kay was there, who was the original Carlotta and Sarah Brightman, you know, the original Christine. And I mean, it was like unbelievable just to stand on stage with all these people who had been in the very first production and one of our conductors had been there the entire time actually two of them Kristen Blodgett yeah. had been there from the beginning and David Caddick and it was like wow people had like whole families and you know right. babies and marriages and grandkids and yeah, yeah. it's incredible yeah it's in it really is and I mean for you 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 were kind of part of two closings with one show which is also something that rarely happens I mean yes. was there ever like a scare like I don't want to say like a scare but like was there ever like oh boy like I hope we come back after the pandemic or was it like already known that like you were going to come back you know I think we were all kind of in that mindset of like if any show is going to come back it's going to be Phantom <laughs> but then, right. I know but then when London shut down and like their entire cast was pretty much let go you know it was kind of one of those things that was like oh like we could be next you know, um, and so, yeah, it was definitely scary. I mean, I think we all were positive, but the, of course there is that little thing in the back of your mind saying, well, if this goes on any longer, like we could all be out of a job, the show could close. And right. it was sad because there were some people who 
you know, one of our Christine's and one of our Meg's, it was like, they were supposed to be done, let's say in May. Um, and so mm. their final show was just like done, you know, it was yeah. like, well, your last show is today, you know? And, they, um, and you kind of, you guys did that, like, I guess that first closing before the pandemic, not knowing it was going to be the last show of the pandemic, or did you already know yeah. that Broadway would be shutting down? You no, not at all. I mean, it was weird because we were the last show on Broadway that uh -huh. afternoon. It was like a Thursday afternoon. And um, we had just done Hannibal and I was underneath, you know, the opera box with Pianji. And somebody said, um, one of the stagehands actually was like, hey, like, that's it. Like tonight, we're not going to be on tonight. Um, and so at intermission, they said, you know, we're going to be closing for two weeks due to the pandemic. Please pack up all your things. I was like taking my plants home and my snacks, you know, but the yeah. rest, I left everything there. Um, I took Alexa, of course. No, I didn't. I left Alexa at the theater. So, um, you know, I, I have conversations with my Alexa in my dressing room right. and I, I left her. Um, but, you know, we all thought two weeks and two weeks seemed like a long time. You know, I was like, wow, two weeks. And then it turned into a month and then it turned into several months and then it turned into a year and a half, you yeah. know. But I have to say that coming back was so cool because I think that we were almost stronger than ever. You know, right. like we all being in a show where you're kind of like entering this uh, this hamster wheel, you know, like you never really get a rehearsal with like everybody, you yeah. know, because there's people who've been there for five years and some for 10 and some for three. So even when I came into the show, it was kind of like I got slotted in right. and, you know, my rehearsals were with the understudies and then I had one rehearsal with the cast and the, the principal cast and then Carl and I did our broadway debut for the first time like all the way through with the orchestra with an entire audience um yeah. and so when we came back it was like everybody was rehearsing again together and that was really cool and i think we even made like closer friendships i think we all appreciated yeah. the show even more um and also just seeing like small changes that had happened like the show just looked so fresh um yeah. so it was really it was really cool and of course like dj you know Andrew Lloyd Webber was outside with his, yeah. <laughs> you know, with a street party. So it was pretty, so it was pretty cool. epic. Yeah. DJ Andrew Lloyd Webber. I can't. That's so funny. DJ, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious because like, obviously you guys didn't know that you were shutting down before the pandemic. And then like lately, I feel like it's just been like a trend lately on Broadway, which I, I'm not a huge fan of, but these shows are closing with like, a week or two notice and y'all were able to have a couple months notice and to really yes. kind of you know give its respect and then of course you guys extended a little bit the show and everything like that um you're closing so how how did that kind of help you prepare for like what's to come next as a performer yeah i mean it had its positives and negatives. It definitely was very positive in the sense that we all kind of grew towards the closing. In yeah. another way, it also felt like slow torture because you knew that it was going to like mm. happen, you know, but it's like you were like, it was like the anticipation of like, oh my goodness, what's that last show going to feel like? Um, you know, and people are like 200 shows left, 100. Like it kind of felt like this funeral that was like about, you know, it was kind of yeah. it was sad, but at the same time, it gave us enough time to get used to the idea to look for other kind of, work at the same time like some people left the show early because they went to different shows oh. some of us really decided to to stay on until the end um you know those were hard decisions too do you stay until the end to be part of the closing or do you like jump ship and go to another show but miss out on you know right. being a part of the final cast and so um yeah i would say that it was like kind of a roller coaster of emotions honestly like you know, at first you're like, oh, it's so far away. And then as it was happening, getting closer and closer and closer, um, reality really set in. And um, yeah, everything became more nostalgic. It was like, oh God, now it's Laird's final performance. Oh God, now it's Julia's oh. final performance. You know, and so it was kind of like you had these kind of goodbyes along yeah. the way. So it was, it was, you know, it was sad. And it's at the same time, it also gave us time to adjust. So bittersweet, right. bittersweet. Yeah. absolutely yeah it's those are always tricky you know shows closing no you never want it to happen but with a show like phantom it was like I, I don't know like it came like i'll never forget where i was when i saw the announcement you know of like yeah. the show is closing i was in a walmart parking lot by the way oh my god <laughs> no! we were in we were in rehearsal for Naomi. stop it 
put in. Yes. It was horrible. Like none of us knew um, oh until it God. came out on the new, on the, like, you know, the New York post, like we had no yeah. idea. And I remember we were, we were doing our put in for Nahal who was Andre and um, somebody texted me was like, wait, is Phantom closing? And I thought, oh my God, like one of these stupid rumors again, you know, and it's like the New York Post. So who knows? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. And then we started asking around. And the weird part was that normally if something like that came out, they would say, you know, don't listen, don't listen to that, blah, 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 blah. And in this case, they were like, um, we're going to have a meeting at four o'clock. So oh. we were all in rehearsal for two hours, like not knowing what was going to happen. And then literally they put us into the hall and um, they put on like a little computer, put up a yeah. computer and we all sat around the computer and they, you know, told us that the show was going to be closing. I mean, it was mm -hmm. like, it was like one of those moments where you're like, what? Phantom? Yeah. You know, right. This show's going to go on for another hundred years. But um, yeah, I mean, people were bawling, you know, um, right. especially people who had been there for I mean, there were some people there who, you know, had been there 20 years who like one person started when she was 16. She was the youngest person to join the cast. Like this has been her entire adult life. Right. You know, it's like, this is your home. These are this, these people are like your family, you know, for some people Absolutely. it was like, oh my God, like I am putting my kids through college thinking I had this secure job and now, <laughs> now what? You know, so it was like, it was different for everybody, but yeah, we didn't find out until you guys all found out. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was special. Gotta love that. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say, what a, what a wild you know, ride. And as, yeah. It's crazy. And I mean, as you know, like you're a performer too, shows close, like yeah. they close, you know, and it's part of what we do and we know that. And, um, it just felt like this was different, you know, it's kind yeah. of like if Wicked were to close or right. it's just like you know, Lion King or Chicago. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, we all just think of Broadway as those kind of, yes. thick, you know, Phantom yeah, is like it, a part of the Broadway. Right. Like, honestly, yeah. God, like I haven't been alive. Well, now I have where Phantom hasn't been on Broadway. So like yeah. I think of Broadway and I think of like Phantom and I was like, Oh, like that could never leave, you know? That's yeah. Just it's here to stay um yeah. and of course the rumors would always come around of like oh is it gonna close blah 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 and now since it is closed there's been rumors that it's gonna open back up and like all of these things and so like yeah. it just never stops you know it never stops and like you know the thing is everybody thinks we have like the inside info and i'm like we don't have to. we didn't even know it was closing until you guys found out you know real yeah absolutely so, yeah well, it was weird <laughs> yeah well i'm curious for you because this this obviously was your broadway debut as you mentioned yes um and and you have a background in the opera you know yes. and this is a broadway show about putting on an opera almost <laughs> so like how how like from your personal experience, you know, like, were there any major differences or were you just really able to relate to this show in particular? Like, what was this just experience like for you? I mean, as far as like the opera diva went, I mean, yeah. I was able to pull from like every person I ever studied with in my life and everybody <laughs> I ever worked with. I was like, this is too real. Um, and, you know, the really? role was also based on Maria Callas, who was like known for being an incredible artist and singer, one of the best in history, but she was extremely difficult to work with. Mm. Um, you know, and so I was like, you know, even just watching the master class, you know, um, you could see how she was. And so, yeah, in, in, in that way, it was like, this is very familiar. I know these people. I have worked with these people. I've gone to therapy because of these people. <laughs> um, but as far as like the reality of eight shows a week, that was very new to me. So in opera, you maybe do mm. like three shows or two shows a week. Um, you're not mic'd. The rehearsal process is much longer for Broadway. It was two weeks for opera. It's like six weeks. Um, oh. You know, so it was kind of this, uh, yeah. Like I said, the first time that Carl or Pianji and I did our first show, it was in front of an audience. You know, we had never done it in like full costume with the entire cast, with the orchestra. Yeah. I mean, it was like, they just kind of threw you into the deep, to the deep yeah. end. But the cool part was, you know, it felt like, well, if they trust me to do it, then I should be able to trust myself. Right. Um, so that whole night just kind of felt like crazy. Like, I think I only remember like two parts. Yeah. Like one part in managers and then like the bow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was very, uh, it was very, very cool. But yeah, that's what's different. Um, okay. 
and uh, style-wise too, you know, in musical theater, there's a lot more speech involved. Yeah. Um, whereas in opera, everything is very much very sung. So that was something I had to get used to too, where it was like, oh, you don't have to do so much here. Oh, don't sing so much here, you know? Right. But in other ways, it was like, you know, Carlotta has this huge range. It's very rangy. It's very high. It's very low. Um, and so having to know how to sing eight shows a week and have a life was something that took me a while to figure out. You right. know, like I could do the eight shows a week, but I had no life. So it wasn't until mm. after the pandemic that I was like, oh, wait, like I can't be social in a normal way. I can have dinner with friends. I can, right. you know, uh, uh, yeah, have a life outside the show. Whereas in opera, you're very much told that performance days are like sacred. You don't talk to people. You don't do anything. So that's the life uh. I lived for the first couple of years. Um, and then when the pandemic happened, I was like, wait, I can like still have a life. And right. it made me a much more balanced human being. So right. now I say to opera singers, like, you don't have to be silent the whole day. In fact, I don't think mm. it helps. Um, you don't need as much preparation as you think you do. Um, when you do eight shows a week, anything that you could possibly think could go wrong has gone wrong. Um, and so it's really good for your confidence, I think, as a person, because it's not about, you know, in opera, if you do only like three shows, you only have those three shows to really show what you got. Right. But when you do a show eight times a week for five years, um, in fact, I did almost 1,300 shows in those five years. It was oh, like, uh, you know, you just learn that you're capable of so much more than you think you Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Can do. Absolutely. And I feel like yeah. that's pretty new for like any type of performer that's like trying to get into this industry of like the fear of doing eight shows a week, you know? Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of hesitance of like, oh, can my can my voice sustain it? You know, like, what should I yeah. eat? What should I not eat? How do I warm up? How do I do all this? Do you feel like your background in opera kind of like settle all of those kind of questions and nerves? Um, like it training, settled it literally, I would say it settled it after the pandemic because what I started doing, I started teaching full time on zoom uh -huh. and I was like having time with my family and I was eating what I wanted and drinking what I wanted. And I was drinking dairy and coffee. And I was like, wait, I'm actually sound like singing better than ever. So <laughs> I realized that a lot of those fears were in my, in my mind, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of like, I had to let go. Cause I think what happens is we are like, oh, if I eat dairy, I'm going to have fun. Okay. If I do this, I'm going to be dry. If I have a lot. And so it's all these like self-fulfilling prophecies and anxiety that come along with performing um, and ultimately, like when you go see a show, you're not sitting there like, ooh, does that person have phlegm? Does that person, you just want people to right. do well and tell a story. Um, yeah. And so I think opera actually was the opposite. It made me very scared of damaging my voice. And okay. um, as I was more in this musical theater world, I was like, hey, you can do this. And guess what? If there's a day where you can't do it, that's okay too. Like you take the day off, you rest and you mm. come back even if you need two days, right? It's a marathon, right. not a sprint. So you need to be very aware of what you can handle and what you can't. Yeah. 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 How, so how just live your, live your life in a, you know, healthy, balanced way. Don't go out partying and screaming or smoking, right? But at the same right. time, like do have time with your friends and your family so you stay balanced. Yeah, of course, yeah. the things that matter. Um, yeah. 
Well, I'm curious to ask you because, like, you know, I've heard a lot, like, as a performer, like, opera is kind of like the ballet of the voice, you know, in terms yes. of, like, fundamentals and all of that. So, like, for all performers, like, not just opera, like, singers or any of that, like, yeah. music theater performers, how much do you kind of um, encourage opera training and, and stuff like that? Um, honestly, I think studying both opera and belting you know, even just classical doesn't even have to be necessarily opera, but just classical music and belting together is so great because belting ta has taught me how to be free in the top of my voice. And mm. the classical stuff has taught me how to be free and chesty in the bottom of my voice. And so, you know, belting and classical are actually a lot closer together than we think. Um, it's more about colors that we're creating um, than like a totally different technique. Um, yeah. So I think it's important, you know, I study with uh, Joan later and she has all of her belters in classical and all of her classical singers belt. Um, <sighs> and it's a really great way to train the voice. And ultimately we want to be flexible in what we do. You know, we, I may not be like my main, you know, income may not come from belting a show, but at least like I know what to do, you know? So we're always going to have what we're best at. Um, and then you know, like trying different styles and it just makes you a more flexible performer um, and a more well-rounded artist. Yeah. yeah. Did you like, did you like as a kid, did you just like know that you wanted to be a singer? Like was opera something that kind of came like this beautiful voice? You have a wild range, you know, is it something you built up or did, was it kind of just always in you? Oh, well, that's very nice that you say that. But if you listen to my tapes when I was 16, I sounded like a dying fly. Um, no, I, I, you know, I always wanted to sing and perform. I think I was kind of an attention whore, like in general. So I was like, look at me. Um, but, yeah. you know, when I was 16, I started musical theater and um, I ended up working with this one teacher who, who said, like, you need to study classical. And I literally, I mean, I sounded like my vibrato was like that. It was like so fast. And I don't know, the sound was so dark. I was trying to like be an opera singer. And oh I mean, it was terrible. God. I ended up getting nodes and you know, the whole shebang. Oh, wow. So then I had to kind of relearn how to sing. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, I always loved singing. My whole family always sang. They still do um, oh, wow. in the sense of like in the car and at home, none of them are professional singers, but um, <laughs> you know, my dad's Spanish. So he would sing a lot of like, the kind of Spanish gypsy music and my mom's Dutch and, um, you know, it was, there was always music in our house. Yeah. Um, but like my sister sings pop and my other sister sings more like Latin music. And, um, then I went into opera, but I also sing like pop and musical theater. And so, um, yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a performer, um, sure. but I didn't know it was necessarily going to be opera, um, yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it kind of just, life kind of took you along. Life took, and yeah. Like, yeah. And then sure. I, you know, I went, I went for classical music to Manhattan School of Music and did my master's there. And then oh. I did an audition for an opera company and they were like, you seem like you'd be so great for musical theater. And I was like, what? You know, because I thought <laughs> it was just going to be an opera singer. Um, right. And then I realized like, you know, how small minded that was because musical theater, I think is like a whole nother beast. Right. You know, I wouldn't say opera singers are generally known for their acting, you know, um, and so they're much more focused on the voice and mm. but to be able to do it eight times a week and to ugh, it's it's a different beast. A beast. So yeah, I'm really glad to live in both worlds because, um, yeah, I love both of it. And I think it makes me right. Well, like that's a more what well rounded I... artist. Absolutely. And that's what I was just going to say, like, it's, it's nice having both of those skill sets and to be able to be like, oh, what's next? Well, I could audition for musical theater. I could audition for, you know, the Metropolitan Opera, you know, like, yeah, like, that's, the next goal. that's the next goal. I'm like, come on. That's Period. Ma Opera manifesting. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Peter Gelb, I'm available. Yes, I'm a huge <laughs> believer in manifesting. In fact, I have you know, all sorts of manifesting things around my apartment. And oh that was God. a huge part of my journey with Phantom. I had a program with like my name in it and, oh yeah, vision boarding. Yes. Do it. It works. It works. It works. Yeah. Yes. I love it. <laughs> um, well, it's great because you do all of these wonderful things. You have all these wonderful skills, you know, you, you've learned how to make jewelry and all these things. And then you also, like you mentioned, or just to little bit ago like you teach on the sides and you've created this thing called empower voices and it's like a, 
a program offering like master classes and all these things for aspiring artists who uh, can come work with Broadway professionals. So uh, why don't you talk to, uh, to a little bit about that and like where they can find you if they're interested in finding some training and stuff? Yeah. So during the pandemic, I met um, a therapist. Her name was Dana Guerrero because she asked me to come on to her kind of group, you know, where it was about like sharing inspirational stories. And I thought, well, I can't say I'm busy because she knows I'm stuck in my house. So we started, you know, I talked um, on her, it wasn't a podcast, but it was kind of like this private Zoom group. And um, then realized I really loved being there because I was being so inspired by other by other people in different fields. And I said, you know, I think what's missing in our field is the idea of dealing with nerves and anxiety and stage fright. And, you know, mm. sometimes the older we get, the more we deal with it because we have all this baggage of performing or people have maybe said to us like, well, you can't do that or your voice is this or your voice isn't oh. big enough. So we started adding um, psychology into performance, you know, like what goes through your mind when you go into an audition? Why, why mm. does self-sabotage happen? Why is my leg shaking? Why, you know, and so um, Empower Voices really deals with the psychology of performing, but then also working with Broadway's best. So um, you work with casting directors and casting teams and different Broadway performers from all the shows. Um, and it's a really beautiful and safe environment to work with people in the top of the field, but then also to work with, um, you know, the nerves that come along with performing. I mean, I still get nervous when I perform and, you know, I've done it a lot of times, but it just means that you care. It's a part of being human. You know, imagine if you got up there and you didn't give a crap, like that would be horrible, you know? So it's just about right. learning how to control that energy um, and to stop those negative voices in your head. So um, you can find more information at empowervoicesnow.com. Um, and I do teach privately as well. I love teaching people um, classical, musical theater, pop, country, um, yes, come on. It all. Yeah, yeah, I have a secret. She said versatile. Music. Yes. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, musical theater and classical is is kind of my forte, but I love I love sure. all of it. And coming from Calgary, Canada, country's in there. It's yeah. in there. It's actually very close to opera. So yeah. Yeah. I, well, I love what you guys are doing over there at Empower Voices. Cause I literally just last week I had a friend of mine. We were both on Broadway as like teenager, like little preteens, I guess. That's um, so cool. Yeah. But then like nowadays we're like, why are we so much like more nervous about like doing everything? Like we actually yeah. like care now and, and the psychology of it, we beat ourselves up way more than we used to as like children. Um, yeah. So that is so real and a uh, big fan of that and very much needed because you don't find a lot of that uh, in our industry. No. So. And it's like, you know, you we all deal with it. People just don't talk yeah. about it. Real. You know, it's kind of like vocal issues. Like everybody has dealt with it at some point, most likely. You know, it's like, why yeah. isn't it more more talked about? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, shout out to you guys. And where can they follow you on, on social media and uh, I don't know, keep keep up on your journey throughout the year. Yeah, so they can follow me at Quelly2000, Q-U-E-L-L-Y 2000, or at These Blings Do Happen. Um, and then also follow me at Empower Voices Now. Um, you can either go online, empowervoicesnow.com, um, or on Instagram, it's at Empower Voices Now. Love it. I love it so much. All of these things are so great. And the blings, the, these blings do happen uh, is on Etsy too. So go visit the Etsy yes. shop. I, I'm obsessed. Uh, so many cool items. And if you love Broadway and you want a piece of Broadway in your home, well, go go check it out. And Thank I can customize things. So if there's something that you're like, oh my God, I want this, but I want it to look like blah, like talk to me. We can make anything happen. Oh my God. Obsessed. Even bow ties, phantom bow ties. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you have you're doing so much and you're so so like I don't know, like a multi-hyphenate inspiration. So uh thank, Yeah, of course. So <laughs> thank you for coming on and you have so much to take a bow for. So thank you so much, Raquel. Thank you, Eli. <laughs> take a bow, Raquel Suarez growing. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. I am obsessed with everything happening over there. To talk about someone who's like in the opera world and to talk about like Phantom with was kind of like cool for me. I don't know. Like it's just an interesting topic just to see 
you know, is it similar? And and her response is kind of interesting. So uh, shout out to Raquel for, for coming on here and being candid with me. You know, we had a great conversation. And uh, for those of you who like have been in shows or, or even if you're just like a big fan of Broadway, like Six and, and Phantom of the Opera and all these shows and Juliet, uh, you know, go check out her store because her her pieces are beautiful. Like that's how I met her. She was at the booths at the Broadway con selling her jewelry. And I just was like, these are incredible. And and then she went into the, like what they really were. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And um, obviously what I was getting to earlier, like I want to give her some of my finding Neverland stuff so that I could just wear around because I just think that's awesome. Um, and I can and have it. I mean, not just finding Neverland, but like Pippin and like all my stuff from shows, like I'd love to do like a one big piece of jewelry. And she was saying that like, she could do that. So um, if you've been in shows or you've been in a regionally like school show, whatever, and you just had the time of your life and you just want to remember it and carry it with you, you know, reach out. Uh, she's a sweetheart. I just, dm'd her so she's she's responsive uh she's a sweetheart and uh definitely follow along her journey and check out her etsy shop because uh we definitely want to keep uh, the magic of broadway and phantom and the legacy uh of these beautiful shows alive uh and supporting you know artists while they don't have a job and they're they're kind of doing their side gig so uh shout out to her and um yeah i just had i i love this episode so thank you all for listening to this week's episode next week we have uh a multiple broadway show uh veteran on the podcast very excited to talk to our our fabulous guests uh on next week's episode and then we have some very exciting stuff happening um, post-September. So we will be releasing all of that very soon. Stay tuned for all of it. I can't wait to share with you. And uh, check out our YouTube page. You know, we've got a lot of content coming out here very, very soon. Uh, YouTube and TikTok. We're going to be cranking stuff out because we have been super busy on that front. Um you know, collecting content and uh, creating the content. So uh, thank you so much for all your support. I can't wait to see you all next week. Until then, bye everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.